It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. First day of May, and of course, uh, yesterday was the target set by Matthew Hancock, the Health Secretary, to achieve 100,000 targets a day. Trump has tests uh, a day for coronavirus. Uh, has he achieved it? Well, we won't find out till later. Well, the question is, obviously, does it matter? Or is it actually vitally important? It's going to be in place, ready for when we do exit the lockdown. Well, next week, we're going to get that comprehensive plan. That's what the Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister said at his press conference yesterday, the first in almost five weeks. But what will that plan look like? Well, let's talk about all of that now is my next guest. He's a former Labour Health Secretary, he's now Mayor of Greater Manchester, and he's Andy Burnham. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Lots um, to talk about. Lots to talk. I mean, I've just got a list yeah. about 20 things. If you could stay on until <laughs> 10, that would be great. Um, let's, <laughs> let's just go just go first uh, to talk about um, the testing, because that was that big target. A lot of, a lot of accusations it's a media gotcha, but no one asked Matt Hancock to set a target of 100,000 tests a day. Many saying that actually, you know, we should have been ramping up the test sooner. It looks quite likely that he will hit that target when we get the figures for yesterday's testing uh, later today. 81,000 tests carried out on Wednesday. That was up. 30,000 on the number carried out on Tuesday. Highly likely then he will uh, hit it. Whether he hits it or not, as long as testing is ramped up, is that all that matters? Or do you think he was uh, perhaps foolish to set that target? Well, I think it was one of those things where the civil servants would have said, that's a, a brave a brave call, Secretary of State. A, cora- uh, a courageous a... move. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. So I think there's two ways of looking at it, uh, Julia. On one hand, I- I'm sure he was both wanting to look like he was, you know, in charge and uh, doing the right thing. But also, he has galvanised the system. So let's give him credit for that. Absolutely, he's kind of really, uh, you know, accelerated progress, and that, that was necessary. Um, the other way, and this is a little bit how we see it on the ground here in Greater Manchester, I'm afraid we have been a bit chasing this target over the last fortnight. So capacity has been a bit thrown in without any local consultation, People are being called to tests who perhaps aren't the highest priority. So the way I see it is well done for sort of you know, accelerating the progress and getting the capacity in. But we now need to turn it into a proper testing strategy. So I think, you know, that's the, that's the way I would I would call it. I think he you know, it, I don't think it was wise to set the 100,000 target. But nevertheless, we are where we are. Uh, I think he, he's moved the issue forward. But now we need to turn it into a really strong, robust testing strategy so that we can manage this thing throughout the rest of this year. 
Yeah, indeed. It's going to be absolutely crucial going forward as part of the exit strategy. In terms of what we're going to hear from the Prime Minister next week, I mean, a lot of people were sort of waiting for him to get back to work last Monday and hoping there would be a message about lockdown ending. That wasn't to come. He's not even giving a date now. It's 7th of May. Next uh, next Thursday is the next date when there's a legal requirement under the emergency legislation for us to uh, have a formal review of that uh, the lockdown. But what are you expecting to hear? Are, are, you, are you expecting to hear that we will actually start the lockdown very soon? after that do you think we'll be waiting till june and 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 how do you think it will we will go about exiting i think uh, we need to prepare for it being pretty much as it is for now uh, with some modest easing uh, but i think the prime minister probably will lay out how it begins to change later in may going into june i'm only guessing at that uh, julia but that's what i would probably expect i'm encouraged by the noises that are coming out of the government this morning i've been on your show and i've said pretty strongly on this show before that I would not accept a region by region release from lockdown. And it feels to me like that is off the agenda. I've also expressed concerns about a sectoral release, you know, just one sector at a time, because that could damage the economy. And I called last weekend for a safety led approach or a standards led approach, you know, allow businesses to change what they do, uh, put in place the right safety procedures, and then let's bring as many back as we can. And if you need phasing, the way to phase it is to say to businesses, well, you can't back in one go you know let, let's start with 30 percent or 50 percent so that's the approach that i'd argued for and it feels like that's the approach that's beginning to emerge this morning so i'm encouraged by that yeah, I mean, lots of people were hoping that although London, for instance, had been the epicentre of the, the virus, that we are seeing that downward trend now. And I believe that the, the one of the messages that came out from the press conference yesterday from the medics was that we actually have a lower R number, this reproduction number, the ability of the virus to spread to a various number of people. That ours is slightly lower down here in London than it would be, say, in Manchester. But, of course, again, very difficult. You know, lots of people travel for work or, or used to. Um, and, and, and obviously customers uh, you know, are being across the country a region by region approach could provoke quite a lot of ill feeling couldn't it um in terms of you say not a sector by sector approach there's been some talk of well you know what is essential what's not essential um do you, you are you saying that it doesn't matter whether you're a garden center or you sell i don't know frilly underwear it doesn't matter what you sell if you can come back in a safe environment for both your staff your suppliers and your customers you should be allowed to come back when you meet those safety requirements regardless of what it is you sell or what you do as a business yeah, I'm saying safety's got to be the test, Julia, not just what sector of the economy you happen to be in. Uh, you know, let's start with safety as the, as the bar, because then I think we're kind of we're starting from the right place, if I could put it uh, that way. And, you know, I think as we're hearing in the news today, different uh, workplaces will face different challenges. But, but let's go through those and understand uh, how this will impact uh, differently across the economy. And sure, some some sectors of the economy will probably find it harder to bring back their staff, and I think they will need continued access to the government's furlough uh, scheme. So that's the way that I would approach it. But you know, let's not get into a position where we're we're kind of saying to people in, um, uh, let's say, hospitality that you're oh you're going to be next year sometime, because you know, obviously that will be, be quite damaging. Give a chance to innovate is what is what I would say. But but no compromise on on safety. The other side of it, Julia, I would say is. Let's not just think of safety standards. Let's think of employment standards. You know, there's been a lot of us sort of sitting at home having video conferences while people on the lowest wages have been out keeping the country running in recent times, yep. uh, filling supermarket shelves, driving lorries with the food in care homes. And, and I don't know about you and I don't know about your listeners, but I feel very uncomfortable with that, that those people are often 
paid less than the real living wage and are not on secure employment contracts. I think, yes, safety standards, but let's have a proper debate about employment standards and let's reward those minimum wage heroes as we come out of this. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to me. I think an awful lot of the people who are sort of upset about someone going for a second jog and how outrageous being out of the house definitely expect those supermarket self stackers to be at work, don't they? Um, let's also talk, if you can, about an exclusive poll carried out for Talk Radio we we're revealing this morning, showing that uh, 84% of people say they would feel unsafe visiting a restaurant or a pub after lockdowns relaxed, uh, about the same feeling unsafe taking public transport as well. Um, part of the problem here, of course, is that, and a third, by the way, unfa- unsafe leaving their home at all. Part the problem here is that we have very much taken to heart most of us the lockdown measure you know you know stay at home protect the nhs save lives and and, and the reality is it's going to be quite a big uh, change of message from the government to encourage people to leave their homes well i think you're right I, I think emerging from lockdown is is a very very complex challenge one of the biggest this country has faced in recent times and you know my message to the prime minister and the government is we really are going to need to keep that spirit of all working together because it's going to test different places in different ways. And, um, you know, we're going to have to be aware of that and we're going to have to work quite hard to build that uh, public confidence. It would be a change for British society, wouldn't it, to see widespread uh, wearing of face coverings or, or masks. But nevertheless, it would appear from what the Prime Minister said yesterday that that might be something we, we expect uh, to see. You know, we're, we're going to have to go through this step by step, aren't we? And, um, and, and carefully consider things at every stage and consult. You know, I would say to the government, please open up these decisions to the widest uh, possible um, uh, groups, you know, trade unions alongside business. You know, everyone's going to have to have a say as, as to how we, we do this. And let, let's work hard to keep the country together through this, this, this challenging uh, road that lies ahead. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Today, the news has emerged in the last few moments that Ryanair is to cut 3,000 jobs. They expect to be operating less than 1% of their flights over the quarter of April, May and June. Well, let's have a talk now with Simon Calder, travel editor at The Independent. Simon, I mean, presumably, really, this should have been expected. Airlines can't just keep uh, staff on for months and months on end when they've really got no prospect of being able to put them back to work. Uh, Yes. And of course, Ryanair, the biggest budget airline in Europe, uh, is going to be more exposed than other airlines. A couple of interesting points that I'm taking out of this very comprehensive uh, trading update. They are not planning to run anything more than a very basic skeleton service until July. And even then, only around half the expected number of passengers will travel. So if you're booked with Ryanair for May, June and July, you can be pretty sure that that flight will not be going ahead. You have no idea when you're going to get a refund because uh, the the delays are extremely uh, long for that. Um, And then they say, well, this is Michael O'Leary, as as we heard in in the... um, past few minutes prices are going to be incredibly low good news for customers but bad for airlines i'm not absolutely sure that i agree with him Uh, ryanair furious about what it says is 26 billion pounds of state aid being paid to uh, airlines such as lufthansa of germany and air france they say they're going to challenge that in the courts um but meanwhile they're they're having to have you know uh, compete with their hands tied behind their back 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, even when we are uh, actually out and about of our homes and able to go to work, maybe non-essential shops opening, realistically, we're not going to be seeing people be able to jet off on their, their usual quick jaunts, you know, weekend away, weekend break in Europe or, uh, or or their long holidays. Many people obviously got holidays booked and don't know yet whether they're going to go ahead, certainly the ones for July and August. Um, big concerns there. Um, but realistically, a lot of this is going to come down to not just comp- consumer confidence, but whether or not countries have actually opened their doors yeah exactly five tests uh, of course there's five tests as you know julia for everything the five tests before <laughs> you and i can actually travel abroad for fun are um first of all can you get to the airport uh, whiz air starting 15 new routes from luton today that's absolutely irrelevant for the vast majority of us who um uh, can't breach the terms of lockdown to get to the airport um secondly does the Foreign Office lift its current advice, which warns indefinitely against all but essential travel abroad? If you go against that advice, your travel insurance will be invalidated. Thirdly, is there going to be an airline that's prepared to take you? Ryanair says, well, no, not until July. Um, fourthly, and crucially, will the destination country let you in? And there's lots and lots of stories around people saying, oh, Spain's close for the rest of the year. The Canaries are off limits till October. Nobody actually knows. But until your destination uh, says, yes, it's fine, you can uh, come back on holiday, um, there's yet more uncertainty. And then at the weekend, even more uncertainty was injected because the government is now talking about possibly imposing quarantine for when you come back. And if you've got a week on the beach in Spain, but you then have to be actually in your house for the next fortnight when you come yeah. back well a lot of people aren't going to say that's that's uh, really a worthwhile bargain no indeed i imagine also people think oh well we'll go for the old staycation option we'll stay in britain but again that assumes that you know the b&b's the hotels and things are able to open across the country and of course huge demand a population lot and many millions of whom normally travel abroad for their holidays all trying to uh, book the same hotels again assuming they're open assuming they can socially distance uh, in the uk uh, or, i mean presumably we are looking at massive price rises there's no doubt at all the end of the end of the cheap holiday the cheap flight abroad or even a, any cheap holidays here in the uk that's that's over for now, isn't it? Well, yes. Um, the 1st of May, of course, there were lots of organisations who originally at the start of lockdown said, right, we're going to be back in action from uh, May Day onwards. And that clearly isn't happening. Um, Centre Parks, Butlins basically saying you know, everything's cancelled in, in May and quite a lot in June as well. If we were not allowed to travel to um, the usual popular destinations, France, Spain, Portugal, Greece, Croatia, Italy, uh, Turkey and so on, then you would get the most extraordinary distortion. The tourism deficit, which is the amount that we spend abroad compared with what people bring in, is £25 billion. And all that money, all those people will be chasing breaks in Britain. So it could be the best year ever for UK tourism. um, But um, it's going to be very, very difficult for millions of families. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. I've talked to a lot of cabinet ministers, a lot of very impressive people on this show, very highfalutin people with great job titles. But I have to say, I'm never prouder than to talk to the family of the wonderful Captain Tom Moore. Yesterday, you know, frankly, I don't know where you've been if you aren't aware. Captain Tom Moore celebrated his 100th birthday and he did it after raising, oh, this is ridiculous, £30 million from a sponsored walk in his back garden. He started off planning to raise a thousand pounds by walking a hundred laps of his garden with his Zimmer frame and frankly it all went a little bit mad well I'm delighted to welcome to the show uh, Benji Ingram Moore his uh, grandson also his uh, daughter Hannah Ingram Moore as well good morning to you both Hello. Good morning, Benji. Let me come to you first. We spoke to you uh, when this we, we first saw this uh, uh, this yeah. fundraising get completely out of hand. When he caught the spirit of the nation, um, I mean, it is an extraordinary achievement. But it's so obvious that Captain Tom Moore, now of course honorary co- uh, Colonel, um, has just caught the mood of the nation. Tell me what it's like to be his grandson. I think for sure, I, I've been proud of him ever since I've lived with him and ever since I've known him, which is from birth. I've lived with him since I was three, but I think this highlights a whole new level of proudness. He's been oh, an exceptional man during all of this, and uh, this has changed our lives for sure. 
Well, absolutely. And he, he seems to be a very modest man as well. He's always talking about, you know, and, you know bringing the nation together and uh, we're going to be this, his positivity. What has he made of all the attention? Um, you know, birthday cards from the Queen and uh, and all these tributes, you know, from the Prime Minister and others, the Spitfire and the and the like, uh, um, uh, fly past. What, what has he made of it for, for obviously a very modest gentleman? In true Yorkshire fashion, which is what he is, he's a very modest man. He would never let fame get over his head, but I think he is in absolute awe of what's happening at the moment. He keeps laughing about it. I think his laugh is our cry of emotion, and he's just absolutely in awe of it all. It's been an incredible journey for us all, and we just want to say thank you. Well, indeed, we saw, didn't we? It was it more than 140,000 birthday cards uh, Hannah delivered to uh, uh, to him, and yet they all went into uh, Benji's school and fast pupils and teachers came and uh, sorted UK, those cards online, out. Um, can you tell us something about any of the most, most special speaker, birthday cards that you've received, other than, of course, from the Queen? Um, yes, yeah, so and this is the whole experience, I think, just to echo what Benji said, we, we're just a regular family, ordinary people, and we, we had this lovely idea, and, and, and not only has he captured the hearts of the nations, but it is now, he's captured the hearts um, of a global nation, he's become a beacon of hope around the world, which is extraordinary that we're saying these things to you only. Thanks for listening to today's weeks, Julia um, Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Um, Please don't forget to, to like, the, comment, um, and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6 30 I'll just call out a couple for you. Um, one was from a prisoner who, um, and by his own admission, had made some difficult, some incorrect decisions in his life and had 23 years left to go. He couldn't send any money. But he wanted Captain Tom and the family to know that by watching him, he had determined that he was genuinely going to try and live a better life. Then there are. Oh, that's extraordinary. Uh, well, it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck, doesn't it? I think that to know that we've touched people um, from a, a child on, on the west coast of Canada and the United States and in China, in Asia, Southeast Asia, Australasia, all of Europe. And then I think right down to the, the child who sends us his last 52p, um, to the, in, the incredible cards that are, are clearly from people who are able to, to put more money into the fund. And so there isn't one. I think we have gone on an emotional journey that we haven't quite um, learned how to cope with yet. It, and and our, But what we just want to say is that the, the gratitude we feel to the British public and the public overseas is just immense. We feel truly, graciously humbled by the entire experience. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you both do, and and I, I say I was and I spoke to Benji last time. I, I said I thought you know he was obviously very proud of his grandfather, but uh, how proud must Tom will be of Benji? You know, you've been leading the social media campaign on that, Benji. But but you as a mum, Hannah, I mean, clearly you've got you say you're just an ordinary family. You're obviously incredibly close. The fact that the, the your children and your father have been able to sort of have this this close relationship. So many of us live so far away from our families. Our, our grandchildren don't get to see uh, the, the grandparents very often. Um, do you think this has played a really big part in terms of uh, your, your father Tom's life? It, it, in terms of him wanting to sort of, you know, still be a very, a very sort of a vibrant part of life. This idea that people should be written off in their old age—he's hundred years old, and he's he's caught the spirit of the nation. Clearly, you know, our older generations have a lot more to give than perhaps many give them credit for. I think so, and I think look, we we were always brought up to um, believe that there's a silver lining to everything. That your glass should be half full and never half empty. 
that we make our own happiness and we must be responsible for our own happiness and, and our own and our own futures. And I think that has played a massive part. When my mother so sadly died, um, we moved and, and we didn't want to leave him on, on his own far away. So we said, please come with us. And, and you know, I think that that is a fundamental part of why we are where we are, because he's a fully integrated member of our family. We And, and you know something, and, and I don't want to bore all your listeners to tears, but I think that it's about purpose and what he he came with us and had lost the love of his life and was suddenly revitalized with purpose about being in a family unit of being useful and getting up every day for a reason of being partly responsible for bringing up the next generation and i think it's a massive part he's always he's got an iphone he's got an ipad he we launched his twitter account and explained followers to him and he did wonder where all the followers were um, <laughs> And then it's all gone crazy ever since. Can I just come back to Benji? Just a final question for you both. I mean, it's all just been so incredible and wonderful. I, I, I genuinely, I find it impossible to talk about Tom Moore without having a smile on my face. And I think that's what the whole nation is feeling. But you said he never let the fame get go to his head, and he's you know far too a modest a man and uh, and you know Yorkshireman and, and all that. But um, what what do you, what has he enjoyed most? Because you know, having a fly past the hurricane and the Spitfire, having all this attention, raising all that money, of course, uh, and the, 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 the prime minister and the queen paying attention. What do you think secretly? has been the highlight for him. I think just for the smiling bit, I think as a something from me, I've always said if you can make someone smile a day, then you have left a positive mark on the world. Even if he doesn't say that, I'm sure it's in his heart and it's a value that he'll hold forever. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.